Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number 13 wide receiver start-or-sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside today's video, we'll go in-depth from every single matchup from Thursday Night Football all the way until Monday Night Football, and I'll tell you guys whether I believe you should start or sit the wide receivers in all of those games. Now, it is important to note before we get on into things that there are six teams on by this week, so you don't want to have any of the players on the these teams in your lineups. The Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and Ravens are all on by. Before we get into things, though, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 13 wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 Fantasy Football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, when it comes to the Cowboys wide receiver, C.D. Lamb at this point in the season is a must-start wide receiver, and it is honestly shocking how different before the bye week that Lamb has looked compared to right now. From weeks one through six, there were a lot of people that were very nervous about C.D. Lamb, right? He wasn't putting up solid performances, and people were trying to trade away C.D. Lamb for like a half-eaten bag of potato chips and now ever since coming out the bye from weeks 8 through 12 he has been a top end option every single week this week up against the Seahawks defense that doesn't really worry me one bit he could easily be a top three wide receiver at the end of the week which is something that he has done already three separate times this season Lamb is a must start wide receiver at this point in the season regardless of the matchup so I'm definitely firing him up with confidence this week Brandon Cooks is in the opposite range. Now, he's not in the sit range, but he is a fringe start, right? CeeDee Lamb's a guy that we're going to bang the drum aggressively for, give the metaphorical gawk gawk 9000 to, whereas Brandon Cooks is just a fringe start. On Thanksgiving, he had four receptions on five targets for 72 yards and a touchdown against the Commanders. Now, last time he had a really solid game was back in Week 10 up against the G-Men and Tommy DeVito. In that game where he goes absolutely nuclear, the next week, he follows that up with a stinker against the Panthers. And with the targets fluctuating so much week in and week out, when it comes to Brandon Cooks, he is just a fringe guy. The Cowboys offense has a lot of firepower, boom, boom, firepower, so... I like Cooks as a fringe start, but again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he is this uber-safe option. Michael Gallup has stone hands this season. He's been basically irrelevant all season long, and against the Seattle defense, I don't really expect that to change. When it comes to Seattle, DK Metcalf has had nine or more targets in three straight weeks. Sadly, last week, his nine targets only resulted in three catches for 32 yards against the Niners. If Geno is still banged up, I would be very nervous to play Metcalf because Geno Smith looked like dog shit against the 49ers, and that was because of his injury. Now, even if he wasn't injured, probably wouldn't have had a great game against that defense, but it did severely impact him. As we are sitting right now, I wouldn't even say for sure that Metcalf is even a top 24 wide receiver in my rankings. Most people are probably going to be stuck playing him, 
But as of right now, for me, he's a high-end wide receiver three or a low-end wide receiver two, especially when you consider the matchup being tough. Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt is one of those classic boom or bust wide receivers. Like I said with Metcalf, since we don't really know too much about Geno's health situation, and I don't think we'll even truly know by Thursday. I think it's best to leave Lockett chilling on the bench. JSN has been really disappointing considering how talented he was in college. But when you actually put the situation that the Seattle Seahawks are in into consideration, it kind of makes sense, right? They have Lockett, they have Metcalf. JSN is just kind of cucked in this scenario. Any given week, JSN could pop off, though, due to his talent, but as of right now, with Geno's health being up in the air, I would definitely leave him on the bench. Next up, we move to Sunday, the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. Now, when I uploaded the running back starter sit video that if you haven't seen already, you should watch after this video, we talked about Jonathan Taylor. Now, Jonathan Taylor is expected to be out multiple weeks after having surgery on his hand which now means Zach Moss is the lead back on the Colts doesn't really change much about Michael Pittman or Josh Downs or Alec Pierce but it is something to note so Michael Pittman Jr. is like that girl that you can text at 2 a.m. and she's always gonna come over and you know do the nasty with you top you off uber consistent six straight games inside of the top 18 and is currently the wide receiver 13 on the season last week against the Bucks, he had 10 receptions for 107 yards this week up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL in the late Thons, the 10 Titans. I fully expect Michael Pittman to pop off yet again. He is a must-start wide receiver this week. Again, like I said, against a putrid Titans defense. Josh Downs, while he doesn't have that same level of consistency as his teammate Michael Pittman, he does have that same level of upside. Last week, he had 13 targets. Now I get it only turned into five receptions and 43 yards, but with him being healthy, I feel like Josh Downs is in that fringe start range, and he should probably finish inside of the top 28 due to the matchup. Alec Pierce had one of his best games of the year last week against the Bucks. A round of applause for him. With that said, that only resulted in seven fantasy points, and he has yet to score more than 10 fantasy points this season. He could be going up against a fucking fourth grade flag football defense and I still wouldn't start him. He is a clear sit for me. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is one of those players that has you just pulling your hair out every single week, trying to figure out if you should start him or not. And honestly, a lot of the time, the matchup doesn't even really matter too much. It's really just solely in the hands of Will Levis, who has been pretty up and down with his tenure as the starting quarterback of the Titans. This means that Hopkins is kind of just a fine start against the Colts defense. I like the matchup, but again, I'm not going to sit here and get super high on DeAndre Hopkins because of Will Levis. He's a low-end wide receiver too. The skill is still certainly there. It's not like he's washed up by any means, but man, oh man, is it annoying that some weeks he just isn't getting enough catchable targets. Kyle Phillips... On his luckiest day, he'll get five targets. Most days, he's getting one or two. I feel kind of suspect on starting DeAndre Hopkins, which you guys could kind of figure out from what I was saying. 
So if I'm not really the most confident in D-Hop because of Will Levis, there is no reason to be confident in Phillips. Chris Moore had four targets last week, and even in a good matchup against the Colts, just like I said with Phillips, I'm not starting any wide receiver on the Tennessee Titans that is not named DeAndre Hopkins. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the New England Patriots. The Patriots just won the Tank Bowl against the Giants. Well, I get they lost the game, but they won because now they have a better pick for it. Demario Douglas, it's a Demario time. Douglas is one of the least exciting players that you can start because you know damn well that the touchdown isn't coming, that that huge 25-plus point performance really isn't in his repertoire due to Mac Jones or the Zappinator, Bailey Zappi, whoever they decide to roll out at the quarterback position this week, just isn't good enough. But while we say this, he will probably never really do you dirty. Even with the Patriots offense moving at snail's pace, Douglas gets fed like a fat kid at Christmas dinner. He is in the concussion protocol right now, so that is something to monitor because obviously you don't want to play him if he can't fucking play, but assuming that he does, he should be a top 30 wide receiver, which makes him start worthy. The other receivers on the Patriots, we got Devontae Parker and Mr. Corvette Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster. Devontae Parker returned from his injury coming out the bye against the Giants with three receptions on five targets for 42 yards. With the terrible quarterback play there, there's no reason to get cute and start any other Patriots wide receiver besides Douglas, even if you do like the matchup against the Chargers. I know some people worry about Douglas if he plays like, oh my God, did you see how great the Chargers defense looked last week? That is a one-in-a-million chance that the Chargers defense actually shows up. TikTok boy Juju Smith-Schuster got his money from the Patriots, and I'm sure he is happy about it. But if anyone is crazy enough to draft him, at this point, they should not be still that crazy and actually play him. He's the wide receiver 92 on the season. I told you guys not to draft him, so hopefully you didn't because he should be on the waiver wire. For the Chargers, Keenan Allen has been sucking in targets like his name was Riley Reed. Three straight games with 14 or more targets and a 100 or more yards. Last week against the Ravens, he had 14 catches on 16 targets for 106 yards. It is simply unbelievable that he is able to put up these type of numbers when some weeks the Chargers offense is complete and utter limp dick. They are in need of Viagra. This week against the Patriots, I got him penciled in as a top five wide receiver, thus making him a must start. That should have been Obvious, because the Patriots sucks donkey cock and Allen is on fire. NBA Jam style. For the other Chargers receivers, Quentin Johnson got hurt last week on Sunday Night Football and did not return. Staley's talking about how it was performance-based, not injury-based, so maybe he plays this week, but regardless, I just don't care. He is been one of the bigger disappointments on the season because, you know, we weren't really... I wasn't expecting too much when... You know, Mike Williams and Palmer's there and Allen is there. But when Palmer and Williams go down, it just seemed like destiny that Johnston would go crazy. And he just hasn't. He's done the exact fucking opposite. So until he does something, he's a must sit. Jalen Guyton would elevate to the wide receiver two role if Quentin Johnston misses. And even with how but 
to be honest with you, with how much the team funnels the rock to Keenan Allen and Eckler, you should just stay away from Guyton. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Now, Chris Olave suffered a concussion in Sunday's contest against the Falcons. His availability for Sunday is up in the air, and I would definitely monitor this situation. This season, concussions have been a very confusing injury to analyze. Some guys are back. Remember Brock Purdy? He was back just a couple days later. Other guys, they're missing multiple weeks. Now, as I always say, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sin, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know exactly how healthy Olave is going to be on Sunday because I do not. But let's just act as if he is going to play for the sake of the video, right? If he doesn't play, obviously you're going to sit him. Against the Lions defense that is really struggling, they're on the struggle bus, I would play him. Even with Derek Carr looking like fucking Stevie Wonder every single week, Olave has been solid. He is a must-start, assuming that he is in the lineup for the Saints. A.T. Perry, if Olave misses without Michael Thomas and most likely without Amshathid Rashid Shahid, then Perry would be the wide receiver one. Perry the platypus. Some people will get cute and try to start him. But ultimately, I would rather just let someone else take that risk in their lineup rather than myself. Keith Kirkwood will be the wide receiver, too, if everyone that we talked about is hurt. Even so, just like Perry, there's no real reason to get cute and start him. We also know that if all those injuries are real, like Olave's out, Michael Thomas obviously out, if Shahid misses, then... Kamara's probably just going to get 10 targets, and then we're going to see a healthy dosage of Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill. For the Detroit Lions, St. Brown has been one of the most consistent wide receivers all season long. Last week, he was the wide receiver 18 in a game against the Packers that everyone in America thought they were going to win, and they take a fat L on Thanksgiving. But he's currently the wide receiver six on the season. The Saints defense, to me, isn't super great. So St. Brown, at the very least, should be a top 12 wide receiver. I get that some people might be nervous, start to panic, because Jared Goff looked like dick cheese out there, a bag of dicks on Thanksgiving. But frankly, I'm not going to panic. He will be a top five wide receiver in my rankings this week, so I'm obviously going to play him. Josh Reynolds, ever since Jameson Williams was activated, Reynolds' targets have dipped mightily. I still still think that one of these weeks we're to see Josh Reynolds get five targets, five receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown, or maybe even two touchdowns, right? Because Josh Reynolds is a talented player, but at the end of the day, it is impossible to predict when that's actually going to happen, so you got to sit him. Jamison Williams does look solid when he is targeted, but based upon how many felt on him prior to him getting suspended, right? Because prior to the suspension, I was all over pause Jamison Williams banging the drum for him, like, oh, I know he didn't play a lot in his rookie season, but man, oh man, the upside looks to be there, and he is just a three-target-a-week guy over the last four games, so you're definitely not starting that. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jumbo Jets in MetLife. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, and you are new to the channel, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button like it owes you some money, and whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you likely caress that like button for me. Very nice, I like. It would help me out a ton. So, for the Falcons... Going against the Jets' defense, I think that's going to be a real tough task for Drizzy Drake London. Now, there is a chance that just like up against the Dolphins, that the Atlanta Falcons are able to get the Jets' defense to submit, to give up. 
right? To essentially be like, all right, our quarterback situation sucks. Donkey cock, we're done. Who cares what happens, right? But in the first half, and, you know, the Falcons aren't really a team that I think is going to run away with things here. So the Jets' defense is going to be a tough task for Mr. Drizzy Drake London. I am a London fan. I am a London enjoyer. But with Ritter not being the greatest and Arthur Smith being so dense that he can't even count past the number 100, London is in a weird spot. The skill is beyond there, but the situation is holding him back. He should still, at the very least, be a top 36 guy, but the matchup is going to be tough. I would, in most scenarios, probably look to look elsewhere at the wide receiver position. Ever since being traded to the Falcons, Van Jefferson really hasn't done much. He is another one of those super speedy guys that any given week could have three receptions for 120 yards and two tugs. But again, we're dealing with the Riddler, Desmond Ritter. So that probably ain't going to happen, especially against the Jets. Kaderil Hodge is the wide receiver on the team some weeks. Even so, he's gotten zero zilch targets in two straight games. There isn't much more to say about him. You're obviously sitting him. For the Jets, Garrett Wilson feels like going into a gunfight with a fucking knife, right? And we know how that ends, right? Most of the time, you shot dead. But, 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 even with the quarterback play being so shit, sometimes the guy with the knife hits the matrix mode, dodges all the bullets, and gets in there for the jugular, right? Last week against the Finns on Black Friday, he had seven receptions on 10 targets for 44 yards and a score, right? He found pay dirt in garbage time, and that garbage time touchdown really saved his ass. To me, he's a high-end wide receiver three. He's a great player. He really is. But this quarterback situation is essentially tying rocks to him and throwing him into the river, right? It's not a great shot for him. It's like when you get prosecuted as a witch back in the Salem witch trials and they just throw you into the fucking river right that's basically what the quarterback position has done to Garrett Wilson Xavier Gibson is a special teams guy I make this joke every single week but if your special teams guys your second or third best wide receiver you are probably not having a great time with the quarterback situation which we've kind of just beat like a dead horse I've been saying this for weeks the Jets are so garbage, you're just not starting him. Al Lazard was a healthy scratch last week against the Dolphins. I assume they play him because, again, they don't have any other wide receivers. But Al Lazard is just so bad that you're not starting him. He has been abysmally bad this season. Next up, we move to game number six, the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I finally gave up on Hollywood Brown last week due to his three just terrible performances like not just bad where it's like kind of head scratcher like ah uh, hollywood could have done a little bit better right no these were very bad performances capital v-e-r-y space b-a-d all in all caps bad like fucking michael jackson right and of course the second i give up the second i finally throw in the towel i give up the man gets 12 fucking targets for six catches and 88 yards now this steelers matchup is no cupcake matchup it is definitely concerning so we got to bump hollywood down to a high-end wide receiver three not a guy i'm infatuated with starting but i do think kyler murray will play a little bit better this week for the other arizona cardinals michael wilson missed last week and could return this week without wilson all of the glory went to Greg Dortch and Rondale was kind of sit there in the cuck chair with two catches on three targets for 35 yards. Whether or not Wilson is back or not, I would definitely sit Rondale more. Greg Dortch, if Wilson misses, if you are in a deeper league, you could try to get cute and start Greg Dortch. 
But even with his touchdown last week, he's still ranked outside of the top 32. And the matchup here is tough. For a majority of people, I think he's a clear and obvious sit. When it comes to the Steelers, I fully understand that some of you guys might be done with Deontay Johnson, right? How I cut ties with Hollywood Brown last week, that's probably how a lot of people are feeling about Deontay Johnson. Because just like Hollywood Brown, it has now been three straight awful games. But going against the Cardinals defense, if there was ever a spot for Deontay Johnson to get revived here, it would be against the Cardinals. So without Matt Canada, the offense did look a lot better. Pickett looks way better. Najee looked better. Frymuth looked better. So I will ride one last time. It's been a long day without you, my friend. Right? We're going to ride one final time with Deontay Johnson. If he sucks ass, he will be a bench going forward until he proves himself. But I'm willing to take that shot in the dark here against the Cardinals defense because, again, the Cardinals defense is laughably bad. George Pickens, I know this is a wet dream matchup and some people are going to galaxy brain themselves into playing George Pickens, but great googly moogly. Pickens just hasn't been good the last five games all outside of the top 40. Maybe he goes nuclear here, right? And it's like, Nick, you fucking idiot. You sat Hollywood Brown last week. Now you're sitting George Pickens, right? You're getting too cute. But frankly, I would rather him just pop off on the bench, have that huge game on my bench, rather than starting him and he gets like five or eight points. Allen Robinson, after robbing us all for everything we had last year in L.A., he is in Pittsburgh, and he's basically done the exact same thing. But the good thing is this time, no one actually drafted him, so it doesn't matter. He shouldn't even be on anyone's fantasy roster. Next up, we move to my Miami Dolphins at the left hands up. Who are we, the Commanders? But before we break down this game at the wide receiver position, as well as the rest of the games all the way up until Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today, but first, I want to explain to you guys how Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em game works. Now, we're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys, and as of right now, as I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, Underdog hasn't put out all of their picks yet, so as the week goes on and we get closer to Thursday, there will be a lot more choices for you guys, but you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. Sort of pick one player from the Seahawks and one from the Cowboys. Want to go ahead and go with Jason Myers. Higher than one and a half field goals made. I think the Seahawks offense is going to struggle to move the ball, but I think they'll be able to get into field goal range a bunch, but maybe just not able to find pay dirt and score that touchdown. And then for the Cowboys, we are going to go ahead and go with Tony Pollard. Higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown. It really feels like Tony Pollard's season is back on the train track. So we're going to go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing touchdown. Now, both of those hit. We'll get three times our entry fee. If we do three picks, it's six times. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks is 20 times our entry fee. Again, they all have to hit in order for you to get paid out. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now, you receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 if you're new on there and use promo code Notorious. So if you deposit 100, you'll get additional 100. If you do 50, it's additional 50, 25, additional 20, the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800 gambler
Back on into things here, we got the Dolphins at the Commanders. Now, Tyreek Hill has been a top two wide receiver in back-to-back weeks with 11 or more targets in both of those games and a touchdown in both of those games. Tyreek is the definition of a must-start wide receiver. He is a no-brainer every single week. If he's going up against the fucking 85 Bears or the Commanders, it doesn't matter. He might actually mess around and get over 2,000 yards and currently has 1,324 yards with six games to go and some really ideal matchup coming up or matchups coming up, not matchup. The commander's defense stands virtually no chance here. You're obviously starting Tyreek. Jalen waddled away, waddle waddle till the very next day. Looks like the waddle from last season last week up against the Jumbo Jets with eight receptions on eight targets for 114 yards. While Hill has put the league in the camel clutch, waddle plays second fiddle here. In games like this, where it's a great matchup, you can't really help yourself you gotta play him, right? You have to start Waddle. The upside, the talent, the targets have been there. Against the Commanders, you shouldn't be shocked if he cracks the top eight. Maybe even he messes around and cracks the top five. Cedric Wilson, the Dolphins use so many other wide receivers to operate as the number three every single week, so I don't even feel super confident in telling you guys that Cedric Wilson is the number three guy. They've got Berrios, River Craycraft, a couple other pieces as well. Last week, Ced didn't even have a single target, so with Berrios and all these other options, it looks like Cedric Wilson is a clear sit for the Commanders, Terry McLaurin's a start, but just barely. Expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros right now, as we are speaking, have Terry McLaurin ranked as the wide receiver number 19. That is far too high. There is no reason for Terry McLaurin to be ranked inside of the top 20 at wide receiver against the Dolphins. McLaurin has not even been a top 30 wide receiver in weeks, and Jalen Ramsey will be on him like white on rice. For me, he is a fringe start. Now, he should see enough volume to just barely get in there, right, as a start, but his upside is truly capped until this gets into garbage time. Maybe the Dolphins bench half the fucking defense. Jahan Dotson has been fine recently. But again, like I talked about with McLaurin, this Dolphins defense is too legit, too legit to quit as of recently. And I think Howell is going to struggle to even have time to throw the ball. Because we know Sam Howell takes more sacks than a fucking porn star to the dome. He's going to get sacked a bunch in this game. So... I just don't think it's going to leave enough opportunity for Dotson or Samuel. So Samuel had a Thanksgiving feast last week on Thanksgiving in Jerry's World in Dallas with nine receptions on 12 targets for 100 yards. I have talked about this countless times this season, but every once in a while, Sam Howell gets a little hot, right? He has those couple of games and he shows up, but it is more than likely that the Heat really doesn't keep up here against the Dolphins' defense. So I expect that fire to be extinguished, the fire to be put out like when someone gets out into the fucking Survivor. So... Curtis Samuel, leave him on the pine. Next up, we got the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Now, Cortland Sutton had his first down game in a while last week against the Browns, though I think a lot of people probably saw that coming. Some people might have been in a pickle at the receiver position and they had to start Sutton, but it's not like I was very excited for Sutton last week either. Three receptions on six targets for 61 yards. Everyone knows the Browns matchup is tough as nails, so he should be able to rebound here up against a pretty middle-of-the-road Texas defense, right? And this is a game that, to me, could end up being a shootout with how Sean Payton's Broncos offense has really turned the ship around as of recently. He also has scored eight touchdowns in 11 games, so that 
in itself makes me feel a lot more confident in starting Sutton. To me, as of right now, I feel very strongly in him being a top 24 option. I'm not going to bang the drum, scream from the mountaintops like the Ricola advertisement, but I will say, hey, what a wonderful time of day. I feel pretty confident in him being at least a top 24 guy this week. Jerry Judy has had his lunch eight all season by Cortland Sutton. Judy's supposed to be the wide receiver one, but he just isn't. I still believe he's a talented player, but let's be honest with you. He has been very underwhelming his whole career and very underwhelming this season. Steve Smith went off on him on primetime a couple of weeks ago, and what he said is kind of true. He just hasn't been that guy he was back at Sweet Home Alabama. There's no reason to start him. He could easily get three targets this week. Marvin Mims has seen a spike in targets over the last two weeks, which is something that we like to see. But that spike was going from one target to three, which isn't really world-changing, which just isn't enough for Mims. So now we go to the Texans. Again, if you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Dell has been on fire like that Hunger Games movie recently. Last week, he had five receptions on eight targets for 50 yards and a touchdown. Dell has quickly become a must-start wide receiver every single week, and I get some people will be a little bit nervous. Oh my god, the Broncos defense has got so much better. Nick, aren't you a little bit scared? I can't tell you to sit Dell. I just can't. He's going to be a top 12 receiver in my rankings, regardless of the matchup. Nico Cousin, let's go bowling. Collins outscored Tank Dell last week against the Jags with seven receptions on nine targets for over 100 yards, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Again, I get why you would be nervous with the matchup, but to me, I'm just going to blindly, you know, put the wool over my eyes, fucking bird box style, and start Nico Collins. At the very least, he should be a top 24 receiver. Robert Woods actually looked pretty solid at the start of the season, but you fast forward, you zoom uh, to right now, and with Dell balling so hard, motherfuckers want to find him. There is really no reason to believe in Robert Woods. He is a sit. Next up, we got game number nine, the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know everyone's going to be just fiending on Sunday to watch this one, right? A real barn burner. We got Bryce Young versus Baker Mayfield. Adam Thielen has a disaster class performance last week. Now, I know things haven't been going great, right? For Thielen, like the start of the season, he's looking great. But ever since the bye week, he's kind of lost a lot of his luster. But no one would have expected against the Titans, of all people, just a wet dream matchup, right? You're salivating at night thinking about that game for Thielen. One reception on three targets for two yards. Now the team has fired Frank Reich and is rocking with special teams coach Chris Tabor as the interim head coach. Again, Thielen was amazing to start off the season, but has really started to fall off like Humpty Dumpty off the goddamn wall after the bye week. He is a low-end wide receiver too for me this week. It's hard to sit him because of what we have seen, but there's a chance that it's more of the same shit, same shit, different day under the new interim head coach. Jonathan Mingo, yippee, right? He, he gets a top 40 game last week. You know, we're asking for him to get more targets, and he does. Great to see. I love me some Jonathan Mingo, but with Bryce Young being no bueno, I wouldn't start him. DJ Chark, do 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 baby Chark was the wide receiver 67 last week, and... He hasn't been very involved at all this season. It feels like the Panthers just try to throw to too many wide receivers for Chark to even make any sense to start him. 
Then we move to the Bucks. Mike Evans has been one of my better calls this season for fantasy. As I was talking about a decent amount in the summer, seemed like everyone was really scared of Mike Evans after getting kind of butt-fucked a little bit without the use of lube last season with Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, right? Evans has a shit year. But people kind of jumped ship too quickly for a guy that just prints a thousand yard seasons. He's currently the wide receiver nine and was the wide receiver two last week in Indy. He has scored one or more touchdowns in three straight weeks and has nine total touchdowns in 11 games. Evans has been a very reliable receiver for a majority of the season, like wrapping a nice Trojan around your squad or Durex if you prefer to use one of those. Anyone who's ever used the lambskin skin ones, those things feel very fucking weird, man. Very weird. But I wouldn't know. I've never had sex. Wink. Or no wink, if you are my fiance's mom who's watching this. Majority of the season, he's been reliable. And up against a bad Panthers defense, Mike Evans should go crazy up in there. Chris Godwin, if the Bucks weren't playing the Panthers, let's just call a spade a spade. There is no way that we would be starting Godwin. He has been pretty mid this season and even pretty bad over the last four weeks. Since the Panthers' defense reeks to high heaven, you can smell it through the screen. I'll start Godwin, but again, like if they weren't playing the Panthers and if, you know, there wasn't a bunch of teams on by... Chris Godwin's probably left on the bench, if we're being honest with you. Trey Palmer is just a classic case that we talk about all season. There's certain teams that just kind of have too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Godwin's been over underwhelming, but he's still going to get the targets. Evans is getting targets. Rashad White is getting targets. Otten's getting targets. And number 87 on the, the, the Buccaneers, who looked like Rob Gronkowski last week, is getting targets. So it just kind of leaves Trey Palmer as the odd man out. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the LA Rams. Now, Cooper, Amari Cooper got banged up last week, and we'll see if he's able to go on Sunday or not. But either way, the Jets are basically in the same situation as the Browns, except for the Browns are somehow still winning games, and the Jets are just, just dead. Right? Quarterback situation here is just too rough for me to start him. I wish things were different, right? I wish Watson was still there. I know. Oh my god, Nick, Watson kind of sucked for a couple games this season. I get it. But Watson is just levels ahead of these other guys. It just kind of sucks. So you got to bench Cooper. Elijah Moore, I love Elijah Moore. And he's had seven or more targets in three straight weeks. It's all great, fine, and dandy. But it's basically the same thing as with Cooper. The quarterback situation, regardless of who, which scrub they roll out, you just can't be starting more. Cedric Tillman was given more of an opportunity and will be given more of an opportunity if Cooper is out. But again, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but at this point, you can't start him due to the quarterback situation. Puka Nakua against the Browns defense. Puka should be dropped down my rankings. Puka has been mostly a miss this season ever since Cooper Cup has returned. But as of right now, I would still consider him as a start-worthy player. He won't be ranked close to the top 12, but with most teams, you know, there's a lot of teams on bye week. You know, your wide receiver core isn't necessarily cemented right now. You're probably stuck playing him. Same shit I just said about Puka is the same thing about Cup, right? The matchup reeks, but... Even worse for Cup is he hasn't even been getting as many targets as normal. He only had six targets total in his last two games. 
And I would definitely rather start Puka over Cup. Last week, Higby was the one going crazy. Uh, Tutu Atwell, with all the other options that Stafford has to throw the ball to, it's just like the same scenario that we just talked about with Trey Palmer. There's too many cooks in the kitchen, especially when Kyron Williams is just feasting, right? He's having like... Uh, Remember in the Hunger Games when they go to that like feast and there's like every single type of feast imaginable. There's people shoving their fingers down their mouth, paws to throw up so they can eat more food, right? That's basically what Kyron Williams is doing. He's just feasting. He's puking. He's feasting again. He's eating like fucking Ezekiel Elliott on Thanksgiving. Next up, we move to the 49ers at the Eagles. The game of the day, for sure. The game of the week. 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, if you've enjoyed this far, I try not to say this a million times, but when you, you know, you don't get laid if you don't ask. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and hit that like button as well. So for the Eagles, AJ Brown has been on a bit of a downward skid, skid recently. Now the 49ers defense doesn't really concern me in terms of the secondary. The rushing attack, you know, the front seven is very good though. He is still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, despite the fact that he's been a bit down recently. He is still the wide receiver five on the season in PPR. And you would have to be a real silly goose to overreact to the last two weeks. He is a must start every single week. And while this game could maybe be a defensive master class, this game also has the potential to be a real rock'em sock'em robots, tit for tat, high scoring affair. Now, while AJ Brown has been on the struggle bus, Devontae Smith has been looking mighty fine like Megan Fox and Transformers. Last week against the Bills, he had seven receptions on eight targets for 106 yards and a touchdown as the wide receiver number four. This marks now four straight games as a top 18 wide receiver for Devontae Smith. Again, I understand that some people might get their panties in a bunch. Oh my God, the 49ers defense, right? And panic. Don't panic. Do not panic. Smith, to me, is... Also, in the top 16 range, making him a must-start, unless for some reason you have, like, a beyond-loaded wide receiver core. Then we got Olamide Zacchaeus. Now, he made a highlight catch in the back of the end zone. Beautiful ball from Hertz. Catches it, comes down with it, but... That was his one target. He's a one or two target weekly guy. And even without Dallas Goddard, that hasn't really increased. So you just don't want to start that guy. For the 49ers, Jawan Johnson is basically just like Olamide Zacchaeus, like a two target at best guy. You want to sit him down. There's not really even a reason to talk about him. Brandon Ayuk has been pretty boomer bust all season, but ultimately the boom is very strong. It's like the Oppenheimer nuclear fucking missile, right? So... You can't sit him. Plus, when he does bust, pause, he still ranks as a top 32 guy, so he won't really stink it up for your team. The Eagles secondary has been a little bit suspect, so Ayuk is a must-start wide receiver, and he scored a touchdown in three straight weeks, and with Big Cock Brock looking real great coming out the bye week, we have to believe in Brandon Ayuk. Debo was the wide receiver nine last week on Thanksgiving against the Seahawks with nine targets, seven receptions, 79 yards, with four rushes for 15 yards and a touchdown. We have seen a lot more consistency out of Debo this season compared to seasons prior because in prior seasons Debo is up and down he's in and he's out this year it's been a lot more consistent so just like Ayuk Debo is a must start wide receiver next up we move to because you waited all day for Sunday night the Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field Rashi Rice went nuclear I know Nick you made two nuclear jokes in a row you cocksucker 25 kill streak MW2 in 
Vegas last week with eight receptions on 10 targets for 170 yards and a touchdown as the wide receiver three. Now, we all know what a game like that most weeks is out of reach, right? Having that big of a game is probably out of reach for Rice. But we do know that Rice is the number one receiver on the Chiefs, not named Travis Kelsey, Mrs. Swift, or Mr. Swift. And that he will continue to get enough volume to be start-worthy. But again, we all also know that Mahomes is like Oprah. You get the ball, you get the ball, you all get the ball. You know, Kelsey's always feasting, but... Normally, he's kind of throwing the ball to everyone, but with how Rice has looked this season, I think we're going to see a lot more Rice going forward. I don't have him ranked inside the top 24, but I still think that he should be in the wide receiver three to flex range as a start. When it comes to the other Chiefs, I know Justin Watson looked A1 like the steak sauce. Week 11 versus Philly with five receptions on 11 targets for 53 yards and a tour, uh, score on prime time. But then in week 12 against the Raiders, he had just three targets. With how much the team shreds the ball around, like we just talked about, it's pretty clear that you need to stay away from any wide receiver on the Chiefs, not named Rashi Rice. Sky with two wise more. Man's got a porn star name. And just like I said with Watson, there's no reason to start any other Chiefs wide receivers, not named Rice. Plus, Sky Moore's a guy that gets like three targets a week. So you don't start that. When it comes to the Packers, Jaden Reed... Riley Reed's cousin has scored a touchdown in three straight games. He has been the safest wide receiver on the Packers team since they came out the bye week. Reed has also gotten a few carries every game, so that really, you know, puts a nice cherry on top with some nice whipped cream on top of the metaphorical milkshake of Jaden Reed. I don't love this spot. But just like Rashi Rice, he's in that wide receiver three to flex range because the Chiefs defense has shown that they're much improved compared to prior seasons. Christian Watson blew the back out, hung, hung, hung of the Lions on Thanksgiving with five receptions, just another Thanksgiving day that's sad for Lions fans, with five receptions on seven targets for 49 yards and a touchdown as the wide receiver 13, which marks two weeks in a row with a touchdown. Like I said, with Reed, I do feel a little bit more confident confident in Jaden Reed compared to Watson due to him being a more reliable asset. Even so, Watson is a beast and with the upside he possesses, he's in that same range with Rice and Reed, whereas again, I'm not giving him the gawk gawk 9,000 special, the sucky sucky 9,000 $5. You know, I'm not doing that for Watson, but we just have to acknowledge like the tribal chief that uh, he, he's a start worthy guy at this point in the season. Romeo Dobbs, throw up the Dobbs who has been pretty consistent this season. For me, with Watson seemingly more involved, I would put Dobbs in the sit category. He's a 4-6 to six target guy weekly, but with the matchup concerning me a little bit, I'll leave him on the pine. Final game here, Monday Night Football. We talked about this in the running back starts it video, but when you're looking at the schedule when it came out, for instance, maybe it came out in May. I don't remember when the schedule comes out. You're looking at that thing, and you're like, ooh, this is a juicy matchup, right? There is just... You know, this is a game where... Maybe you see this in the playoffs. Maybe you see this in the AFC Championship, right? I was a big Jags guy. I was jagging off in the offseason. I'm a big Bengals guy. It's like, ooh, Burrow, Lawrence, that should be fun, right? But now, fast forward to November, December. <laughs> no fun because Joe Burrow's out. So Jamar Chase has entered a category of a start at the wide receiver position where you can't really sit him because of how good he is. But the situation just makes things really gloomy. Jake Browning just isn't the guy at all. And the Jaguars defense, again, while they're not amazing, they're not the Saxonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles back in the day. 
They're definitely not terrible. I'm still starting him because he's Jamar Chase. But again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he's just guaranteed top 10 receiver. Tyler Boyd, regardless of if T. Higgins is able to go or not on Monday night, Boyd has been banished to the bench the second Browning had to start. I love Tyler Boyd. I just can't do it, Tyler. Yeah, Boyd. Higgins has missed the last three games. If he returns, it definitely helps Browning out. And maybe this game won't be like a blowout or something. But let's just be honest. It would be crazy to start him. For the Jags with Zay Jones back, Calvin Ridley is a whole different beast. Back to back, back to back. I don't know why the fuck. Back to back. Like the cover of Lethal Weapon. I don't know why my voice just uh, cracked right there. You hate to see it. I'm 24 years old and I still have a prepubescent voice. Last week, oh, he's had back-to-back -back games as a top 12 receiver. Last week in Houston, he had five receptions on six targets for 89 yards and a touchdown. The matchup against Cincy isn't amazing, but I would definitely start him and consider him a must-start at this point in the season. With the emergence of Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk has become a less sexy option for fantasy. He should still very much be considering, like, be considered as a start-worthy guy. But I feel like he is no longer that safe, you know, wrap the metaphorical Trojan, the Durex over your squad as a top 24 option weekly like he was earlier on the season when Ridley was uh, very much struggling. Zay Jones really helps open the field for Calvin Ridley, and that's great. It's all fine and dandy, but that doesn't make him a start with so many cooks in the metaphorical kitchen here with the Jags. Jones is a clear sit. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button down below. Hit that like button as well, whether you are new to the channel or not. It helps me out a ton. Check out, oh, wrong way. I pointed the wrong way because the camera's technically like reversed, and I'm hitting the fucking Antonio Brown dance. Put that shit on check out the videos that are on your screen right now tomorrow we got the quarterback and tight end starts set make sure that if you guys did enjoy again you hit that like button if you want to check out my patreon for my updated rankings every single week as well as an answer to any of the questions you may have link in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents a month love you guys all so much hope you have a great rest of your guys day and as always good